Welcome to the Wealthy Circle Podcast, where we take a deeper dive into this year's finalists and winners from our WealthManagement.com 2020 Industry Awards. These interviews cover the challenges, innovations, and trends in the wealth management industry and the individuals working to help advisors better help their clients. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wealthiest Podcast. This is where we speak to finalists and winners of our WealthManagement.com Industry Awards. Uh, as you know, these awards are designed to recognize business initiatives that help financial advisors better help their clients. And today I'm speaking to Luke Winskowski. Luke is the head of Thrivent Advisor Network. Uh, Luke, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Look forward to the conversation. Yeah, so Thrivent Advisor Network, you were a finalist in the non-custodial RIA support platform category. And that's a category that six years ago when we started this program was really a limited pool of candidates, right? It was a uh, anyone except for the custodians who helped networks of financial advisors. It's since grown to be a pretty uh, contentious and full category. A lot of, a lot of uh, uh, companies uh, submitting initiatives under that. Uh, and you guys were one of the ones that the judges recognized as, as uh, worthy of recognition there. So why don't you step back and for those of us listeners who, those listeners who maybe don't know, uh, give us the, the backstory of Thrivent, uh, the, the company where the Thrivent Advisor Network was born out of. Uh, it's a pretty rich history, correct? Yeah, that's right. And, and I'll go through the history a, a bit here. Thrivent isn't exactly a household name, but we hope it becomes one over the course of the next years in front of us. We have, though, been around for 120 years, primarily based across the country, but with roots in the Midwest, uh, starting with what we would describe as Lutheran immigrants coming to the Minnesota and Wisconsin area. And at that time, you had people who worked in farms, factories, flour mills, and these, these folks involved in heavy industry often had hazards on their, in their job, whether that be through disability or death. And the Fraternal Benefit Society, which is technically what Thrivent is, formed when these Lutheran immigrants came together and said, we're going to pool risk and take care of each other uh, around times of greatest need, which, which is a very common idea uh, in insurance organizations. It's a common idea in community settings, whether that be in church or in the secular community. And Thrivent was born out of that type of a type of a banding together of people. As we fast forward a hundred years into the future uh, for Thrivent at the turn of the century, we were a Fortune 500 company. We had like many insurance organizations begin this march toward diversified financial services and and really adding different offerings in the asset accumulation and wealth space. And Thrivent was no different. And our advisor force, uh, who largely had been insurance agents over the course of our time had begun building teams and practices and themselves offering more holistic planning and advice as a part of what they do. And really, as we look toward the future, the last 20 years for us has been really expanding out and broadening out from those roots that I described. And, and really, we serve everybody, though we're uniquely positioned to serve people who want to bring faith and values into the um, planning conversation, though that's not limited to who we serve. We also, as we're looking forward, are capitalizing on the idea that we can continue to provide advice and are uniquely positioned to not only address people with their risk protection needs, which is really at the core and the legacy of what we've done, but really taking a balanced approach and helping them with needs around accumulation, wealth, estates, really those, those matters that, uh, that impact all people. So today we say we wanna be a leader in advice and how we do that is by being a great place for advisors to serve clients and a great place for clients to come and 
uh, receive the advice they need at whatever stage in life. Uh, and you mentioned, and I, uh, maybe I'll close my comments of this, that six years ago, there wasn't much in the RAA custodian space, outside of the RAA custodian space and platforms. And as we've seen the emergence of this, certainly companies like Thrivent, ours, ourself included, acknowledge this is a huge trend in the industry. Advisors are finding ways to orient themselves to places where they can provide that advice experience to their clients. And clients are asking more and more, what is a fiduciary? How do I know if you're operating in my best interest? And part of our commitment to being relevant is, is really investing in these types of experiences and platforms. And that's where a Thrivent Advisor Network came to be. Yeah, that's great. So Thrivent Advisor Network, uh, uh, a network of like-minded financial advisors, and you're drawing advisors into the network, even from outside of the Thrivent uh, insurance arena, correct? That's correct. And to seed the platform, we actually, in commitment to our own people who've invested great careers here and built really fantastic practices, we asked them to come alongside us and help us build something that was relevant for the market. And so we call them our friends and family. They made the move to leave what would be the model that they started in was more of the insurance broker dealer model to become a part of the registered investment advisor and help us do that in a way that was highly relevant for them and their clients. And that was a proof point for us. And as we have stood that up over the last 12 to 18 months, we began to introduce the offering to external groups that are looking for a home that would be in alignment with this mission, purpose, values that they aspire to, but also to be a part of a community that really stands for something like Thrivent does. And we're finding a ton of resonance. And as we enter into 2021, we're moving from the phase of really getting ourselves stood up and, and operating in some form of maturity to a phase where we're really going to start telling our story to all of these external advisors who are looking for a home that could really be uh, resonant in what Thrivent has to offer. Yeah, it, it strikes me that one of the, the, the stories, and speaking of that six-year arc from when we started recognizing non-custodial RIA support platforms and how there's become more and more of them, it, it speaks to that need of uh, independent advisors who often work in a silo, right? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, people maybe they and their team, they maybe leave the warehouse world, they leave a, a brokerage platform, uh, set up their own shop, and they're kind of all alone, right? So it's natural that maybe some of these RA firms try to make connections with each other. Tell me a little bit about that. I mean, what are you providing in terms of, and we could talk a little bit more about what you're providing in terms of the nuts and bolts to advisors, but in just in terms of community, where have you found the need for kind of RIA community amongst advisors? Yeah. Um, I started my career as an advisor and I spent six years in that space and learned from some of the, the best that we have here at Thrivent. And I, I'm tying back that experience because I have such a deep respect for the work that advisors do. It's not only hard to start in this business and to establish oneself, but it's, it's, con it's a constant journey that's invested in learning and navigating all, all kinds of changes as they come. And that certainly hasn't been e more true than e even in the last 12 months here. I, I recall an advisor that I worked alongside and he had built a practice, a really good one for 25 years. And he ended up leaving uh, Thrivent at the time to go to a, a competitor. And he did it because he couldn't find the degree of freedom that he felt that he had gotten to in order to bring his practice to the next level. And in his case, it was finding a succession plan. 
Hmm. That was that was back in the mid 2000s when we didn't have as evolved systems and platforms for folks to meet those needs. And today I see a lot of the same profile and we have an ability to actually meet, meet these advisors where they're at. And that, that can be across lots of different offerings in the market. It's a really exciting time. And so for, for Thrivent, it's not only can we be relevant to people who are, are looking for a variety of needs to bring their growth to the next level, but it's really how do we serve people who are in similar places uh, outside the space, but specific to your question around how we, how we see this linking up to a community. When we went back and asked individuals like my friends who had left, what they missed the most without question is unanimous. They missed the camaraderie and the support of an organization in a way that was you know, deeply relevant for them at the heart level. And so he missed, his, he missed his friends. He missed his colleagues that he could bounce ideas off of. He missed the idea of getting some of the stuff off of his plate that he didn't know he had to do that was causing him stress right now, but he loved the freedom. And so we put people in these really asynchronous trade-off positions where they have to give up something to get something. And rather than thinking about it as a, as a way where you can balance this need of how do you provide advisors community and to get some of the really, the really methodical stuff off their plate while you allow them more freedom to grow their firm. And if you can do that in an affiliation model, you have a win-win proposition because the, the, the affiliate firm wins and the independent practice wins as well. And that's really what we're trying to create. And I think that's an industry problem to solve, which I think we have a lot of excitement around today. Yeah, for sure. Hey, give me a sense of how large Thrivent Advisor Network is now. Today, we have 200 or so investment advisors uh, managing roughly $4.5 billion of assets under advice. That's, uh, that's just the fee-based side of it. We, we actually use uh, PKS, Persh Kaplan Sterling, as our, mm -hmm. our outside-affiliated broker-dealer, and so they house assets over there. And then uh, most of our advisors also do um, full lines of insurance production as well um, as a part mm -hmm. of their holistic plan offering, but that's not a requirement. Yep. So that's about the size today. Okay. And talk to me a little bit about the, I mean, if I were an advisor uh, seeking to potentially join or, or evaluating my options there, tell me a little bit about the, 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 the faith-based uh, uh, component of this. It's not a litmus test by any means, right? Uh, how does it manifest itself, however? No, no, it's not a litmus test. In fact, it's it's more of a it's more of a part of our heritage and, and culture, and it's 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 a it's a part of who we are really, and it, and because it's built in that way, we don't think of it as a program or a requirement. We think of it as a as a unique way of addressing clients who want to bring that conversation into the into the planning space and mm -hmm. the advice mm -hmm. space, being able to address that in an authentic way. And so, you know, I think a lot of the, if you want to call it faith-based space is focused on really bringing a perspective around how does one say manage investments in a way that aligns to their specific niche of whatever faith they're going after or ESG that they're trying to target. We're looking at it quite different, which is saying that we are actually called to serve everybody. And we recognize that there's diversity in the beliefs and opinions of people that we're serving. And if we can equip advisors to have very deep human level conversations about what matters most to people, and then tie that back to their money life, that's when we get great alignment 
to our overall purpose. Our, our purpose as an organization is to help people achieve financial clarity so they can live lives full of meaning and gratitude. And that's, that's exactly how we do it. So the faith thing is more of a conversation um, and a capability than it is uh, a test or a program, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes total sense. Uh, and, and that it makes sense too for, you know, we talk about creating community amongst advisors, but, uh, you know, advisors, when they're talking to clients, there's something to this idea of, you know, the, the word fiduciary doesn't necessarily resonate with clients yet, right? I mean, it's, I think it's beginning to, but uh, it's still kind of a bit of a scary three-syllable word. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, and and you know if you uh, approaching clients with some kind of a, 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 a values-based proposition that matches them where they're at or meets them where they're at, I think advisors can have a lot of success with that. Correct? Yeah, you know, and, and what's interesting is in the in uh, I spend a lot of time outside the space of Thrive and just talking to advisors, and they really struggle with this because faith can be such a difficult topic to talk about because sometimes it it can be uncomfortable when, when you're maybe asked to share more about your own faith or if you have opposing viewpoints. And what I find with Thrivent folks is that they don't have that same conflict. They talk about it very naturally. And so you have this, you have this opportunity, if you will, to introduce people who actually want to talk to their clients or clients want them to talk to them about that, but they maybe haven't found the right words or the right way of doing it appropriately, and they can share best practices. Uh, they can tap into some of the programs or offerings that we have that address those things. You know, you take marketing, for example, um, very different across the country as to how people express their faith. If a person is going after that market in the, in the Southeast, uh, generally speaking, one can be very faith forward. In the Midwest, that is generally frowned upon, just as a generalization. Mm -hmm. And how a person does that is, is really important. And because we have a national reach, what we often do is connect advisors with uh, advisors in their local community to share, you know, how are you approaching this? And it gives them a template to operate off of, which accelerates their entrance into a space that they want to talk about. And maybe in this case, market in, in a way that they could do far faster simply by being in their own silo. So that's where a community really comes to life. You know, another example that we, we love and get really excited to talk about is how do you help people talk about their charitable intent, their philanthropic intent, and how do they do that if they want through a faith context? And there's a lot of options out there, and those options can be intimidating for people. And so how do you do that in a way that people feel a lot of joy around having that conversation? Uh, how do they give their abundance to the things that they care most about versus what happens sometimes is people get into a space where they're like, I don't know if I want to share uh, exactly how I feel about this. Cause what if the, what if this conversation offends somebody because of my belief system? And that that's something that we've navigated for a long, long time and that we can help others navigate if that makes sense. That, that gets into the next question, sort of the nuts and bolts of, of, of what uh, Thrivent Advisor Network does for advisors in the network. And it sounds to me like what you're describing is, well, let me ask you to describe it. Uh, you know, is there back office support? Is there kind of a, a you know, top-down manuals of here's how to do X, Y, Z? Or is it more of a focus on we bring networks of advisors together who learn from each other? Yeah, it's a good question. So I, I think that you've, you've got to line up the head stuff next to the, the heart stuff. You know, we talk about community as the heart stuff. The head stuff is really, what does the platform do for you? And is that a good cost benefit? 
any, any business owner is going to ask out of a service provider. And so we provide core services like any platform. And I don't, I wouldn't ever position them as needing to be differentiated. They need to be relevant. And those are two different things. And so when we think about relevancy there, it's for the target advisor that we're going after to serve, what's the, what's the, the common thread of relevancy around the services we provide. So today we provide back office compliance. We are the corporate RIA, which can be intimidating for people. You know, you ask the question, um, do I want my own ADV or do I, um, am I comfortable coming underneath a shared ADV model? Mm-hmm. It, you do give up some control, but it's really, you get, you have to get down to the brass tacks of, you know, how flexible is it really? And does that meet needs? But the benefit is you don't have to deal with the SEC directly. You have, I mean, you still have obligations, of course, but you outsource a lot of that function, which can be very helpful for people who find that to be a headache. So that's one. Number two is we provide a full suite of technology management. And this means, you know, we're doing things like helping set up the CRM systems, the performance reporters, tying them together making sure that the data talks to one another. And what I find with advisors is that they actually kind of like the idea of going out there and shopping for technology and seeing all the bells and whistles. And they actually like the idea of being able to do it in a highly petite custom way. However, they don't like the idea of managing it. And so this is an interesting trade-off when one realizes that every 12 to 18 months, you have to really revamp all of these things and continue to manage them it becomes really tedious and onerous. That's where you see a lot of our early flight to independence practices. Actually, four or five years in, they, they start to struggle with this stuff. And then it, it not only is costly, it's not what they want to do and how they want to spend their time. So it's, uh, you know, compliance, back office technology, and then you've got all your, your, I call them, you know, it's really the back office RA operation. So it's, you know, client billing is one of them that can cause a lot of headaches. We take that off the shoulders of our advisors, um, the different types of vendor management that you would need to have done. We take that off. And so this stuff, this back office, these back office pieces, you really ideally want to partner with firms that have some scale and they have some credibility in doing that. Thrivent Advisor Network sits alongside uh, Thrivent Investment Management, which is our broker dealer investment advisor. And we, we can leverage efficiencies through that group, which is, you know, another four times larger. And that, that really starts to create some scale and bring those advantages to the affiliates. And so that's the way we think about the back office. And then, you know, back to your point, really where you want to be different is at, the, is at the heart level, which is you have advisors who share a purpose together. They, they may do things different in their local affiliates, but they um, really have a common thread to how they want to serve clients. They really um, value being in community with one another and interacting with one another and having a company that frankly lines up to what their clients value. And we can go there. I know you have a lot of questions. Um, if, if you want to go there, we can go there now, Rick. I can share more about that as well. Yeah, go ahead. I, I mean, it sounds like you have something you want to say. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And, and this, this, is, this is one of the ones I think is really interesting in this moment right now, when we look at the news headlines and we see so much money coming into the space, the RA space in particular, and so much of it is what I would describe as disinterested capital. And what I mean by that is you have, you have investors that may have very good intentions, but they are by definition investors. They are looking to buy something and make a profit on it. And that's not, we're here speaking aligned. of the, the pri- pri- private equity firms and, and private uh, equity, yeah. uh, 
outside money that uh, doesn't necessarily you know come from within the industry, but is looking to invest in a growing RIA space. That's right, and and I'll, I'll, I promise I'll get to my my main point on the value. Yeah, not, but fine. yeah, sure. but you know when you think about that, and you know international equities all over the headlines too. When you think about that, and you think about how a client is impacted by that, how an advisor is impacted by that. One, one is asking the question of where, where is the capital that's funding my growth activities coming from? And this is, where, this is where I think we also have an advantage is providing capital financing for advisors to seek growth, whether that be through M&A or other types of growth avenues in a way that doesn't put that potential conflict at the forefront. And so in other words, Thrive and Fire Charter, and this is true of you know, most mutual insurers, and I'll talk about this you know, uh, hopefully in a way that makes some sense, but mutual insurers and fraternal benefit societies by nature are owned by their members. And their, their constituents explicitly are those that um, their, their clients that they serve. And their mandates are in many decades, uh, having had those roots in insurance. And if you think about how life insurance works, it often is a 40, 50, 60 year lifespan from, a, from the time a person purchases it. So the, the capital that these firms have is, is deep and it also is very long-term in nature. And so when we think about connecting that up to this conversation we're having around wealth management, RAs and what we're seeing in the marketplace, you actually see a much, potentially a much more aligned uh, interest in where this capital is being funded. Now, this has to be offset, of course, now I like to talk about elephants in the room around the history of these companies really being seen as product pushers, which you really have to address head on too, because people who are going into the fiduciary space aren't gonna to be too uh, keen on signing up for companies that force them to push products. And so we, we feel we've, we've balanced that um, completely by removing that barrier within the registered investment advisor and we can still find that alignment. And so that's one of the other things, you know, when we think about back office ops versus, you know, community, there's this other piece of capital that I think is really important to talk about when we talk about, you know, what advisors value and what their clients will be best served by. Yeah, for sure. And uh, there's many people, I think, beginning to raise some red flags around the, what we might call short-term capital, right? Private equity uh, that that comes into this space. and whether or not an RIA that uh, is beholden to private equity owners uh, can truly do the best thing for their clients because there might be some different uh, tensions in there, uh, you know, between who you're trying to, trying, ultimately trying to serve. When you talk about that sort of long-term capital or long-term investment in RIAs that uh, you guys are prepared to make, is there some uh, financing element to this? If I'm an RIA and I joined the Thriver Advisor, Thrivement Advisor Network and and I want to uh, uh, look for a succession partner or bring on a junior advisor or merge with another RIA for some succession planning. Are there financial financing opportunities inside the advisor network for me? Yes. So what we do is we provide an access point to our, our capital base to provide, it's, it's essentially preferred financing for growth activities. So if a, mm-hmm. I'll give an example. If I'm a Thriving Advisor Network affiliate and I know a person in my local community that's looking to find a successor to their practice. They exist at a different firm and I want to, you know, do some sort of a financing to help that person transition and provide supports for them to do that. What we would do is come behind that and provide capital um, in the amount. Generally, you know, you're looking at 
one times your M12, uh, uh, 12 month revenue stream as a, as a starting point. That's at a very, very low interest rate to help them cash flow that transaction. And so that's a model that we can, we can rally behind. But you know, every one of these, and I think the best RA platforms I'll do this is they really look at these as underwriting unique custom deals as opposed to thinking about it as one size fits all. Because at the end of the day, each of these types of uh, activities, whether that's M&A or launching, you know, a whole bunch of new advisors, they're they're very they're very different from group to group. And so, what we do is we have a team that we're building of business development consultants that really partner with the affiliate and understand what is it that you want to accomplish um, through that growth activity. Uh, what are the what are the capital constraints that you have, and how can we provide a conduit to capital that's really mutually beneficial to both parties? And so we look at these things as very custom and thoughtful. You you know, and, and the reason why we do that is because we're making, in all of these cases, multi-decade commitments. We're not we're not actually trying to deploy this capital to turn it on. You know, a three-year flip. Tell me who the kind of a. Uh... The advisors that are coming to the network, uh, where are they coming from and where, where are you finding them? Uh, is there any kind of common theme besides for maybe necessarily in their friend, original friends and family being part of the, uh, the thriving insurance brokerage firm? Uh, yeah. You know, where, where are these advisors coming from? Where are you finding the, the, the new uh, folks who are joining up? Uh, to date, it's been almost entirely warm network. And that's probably primarily because we weren't ready to go to market and start uh, and start really putting our message out there aggressively. That's actually something that we'll see more of next year as we've demonstrated our ability to do it. But to date, what we've done is we've really told the story through grassroots. And so it's people who know what Thrivent is doing, are excited about it and have, have contacts that are looking for a home. And so two examples I could think of, you know, one this summer was a group uh, 49 financial that moved over. They had, they had left, an insurance broker dealer and become their own RA and found that at the rate that they were growing, that the, the opportunity cost to manage technology and operations was far exceeding their, their desire to manage. And mm-hmm. secondly, they had never heard of Thrivent and they really had in their own group, a way of talking to their clients about their faith matters as much as their money matters. And that was very appealing to them. And this group actually is growing through um, organic means as much as inorganic by bringing on board, frankly, dozens of, of novice early stage financial advisors across the Southeast. It's a really cool model. And we became affiliated with them uh, earlier this summer. Another one is interesting, um, completely different story is a, is a person who's running a family office in Milwaukee who uh, was in a relationship, just friendly relationship with one of our TAN affiliates there and was looking for a succession plan. And so this individual actually just in the last week has finalized um, coming over and will be bringing over their, their book of uh, clients and merging into this group that will provide them an opportunity to serve their clients really well, but at some point of their choosing to move on to whatever next step that they have. And so we're, we're seeing you know, lots of these examples through the warm network. And then as we start telling our story broadly next year, my hope is, is that we start new conversations with new groups that, you know, I use this word home a lot. You'll hear me talk about it, but I was really looking for a home. And I use the word home because it invokes such a, it invokes such a um, personal feeling. Like I, I think advisors at the end of the day could think to death about where they move. And at the end of the day, there's, there's frankly a lot of good options out there. 
but you, you, it's got to feel right. And so we're trying to tell our story, tell it in a unique, unique way. And for an advisor who says, you know, that might feel right for me, um, really authentically show up and assess that with them. Yeah, well, that's great. Uh, Luke, this is fantastic. Uh, any uh, final thoughts you have uh, uh, before we wrap up here? Um, you know, it sounds like a Thrive Advisor Network is an interesting evolution in, in the industry. Any, any final thoughts before we go? Yeah, I, you know, my last thought is I'd be remiss to not talk about our present events of COVID and how that's really changing and shaping the way that we think about work. And, and I think this is more of a call not to the Thrive and Advisor Network, it's really the industry and the, the present need that we have around serving people. people. People need us more than ever. And there's a need advisors more than ever, good advisors and good advisors who can help them lead into what's going to be increasingly a digital future. I just was reading in the Wall Street Journal yesterday, the, you know, it was, it was a great article around the impacts to uh, people who are entering and will be in retirement for the next 10, 20, 30 years and how the events of COVID, which really have accelerated the digital front um, remarkably, will irrevocably change that population. You, you look at low interest rate environment coupled with, uh, with the idea that you can break free of people being in, in isolation uh, when they're in say nursing homes or in different locales, um, you start combining these things together and you have a really different landscape. And so my, my close here is a call to action to say, you know, for those in the wealth management community, I think one of the most exciting things we do in addition to advise, advising people is we're committed to being at the, at the front edge of things like technology and how clients really wanna interact with us, not just today, but into the future. And we have the privilege and honor to really serve into that. So I'm, I'm very excited for the conversation. I think your top 10 list has a lot of incredible people and stories on it. I, I frankly love just reading them. And so uh, kudos to you all for continuing to do that. And, and thank you for honoring Thriving Advisor Network. And we'll, we'll continue to hope to live up to our name and be a great contributor to the community as we move this forward. That's great. Thank you very much, Luke Winskowski, head of Thrivent Advisor Network. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you. And I'm David Armstrong, Editor-in-Chief, WealthManagement.com, and you've been listening to The Wealthiest Podcast. This content has been made for information and educational purposes only. The views and opinions represent the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of WealthManagement.com.